Hello and welcome to From My Home to Yours, an expat repot podcast. Welcome to the show. It's it's really great to have you with us, especially for the first episode of Many, where me, Matthew, and me, Bernadine, will be talking about our journey from Australia to Ireland to move. I'm originally from Ireland, as you can probably tell by my accent, but I have lived in Australia now for nearly 13 years. And I've been in Australia for my entire life, give or take a year in London, and haven't lived in Ireland at all. So this is going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. But also, it's not our first big move that we're making. No, that first big move was the one to London. So in myself and Matthew met in 2012. 12. When we worked together in the same workplace and I was on a sponsorship visa through the school that I was working in. And as always happens, as is definition of Sod's law, when you're running out of time on your visa, you meet the love of your life. <laughs> and because I was running out of visas in Australia, even though myself and Matt had only recently started our relationship, we felt that it had a future and the only way that we could be together in the same country was for us to move to the UK. Yep. So I resolved to get my ancestral visa for London and we moved over. I think there was a three month gap between when you went back and I followed you. And then, yeah, we were in London for a bit and glazing over a few things. It probably wasn't the best time for us, but um, it gave us an experience and I think we grew together because of it. That was the thing. I think uh, as a burgeoning couple, having never even lived together, let alone actually moved countries together. It was a huge challenge for the two of us. Uh, I was in Ireland for three months without you. And by the time I moved to Ireland, we were only a couple for three months. So we were together for three months, apart for three months. First time you ever met my family was when you came and stayed in our family home for a month. And then we moved to the UK together where neither of us knew anyone really. We knew some people in the wider country, but we didn't really have anyone in the vicinity of where we were living that was somebody that we could, you know, turn to if something awful happened. We really had to rely on each other. Yeah. But it was a great thing for us because 10 years on, 12 years on, 20 years on even, we'll uh, still be together and we'll be stronger for it, I'm sure. Please God. But I do think that thinking about this move to Ireland now, a lot of the potential fears and worries that we would have have been allayed by the fact that we did make that move 10 years ago together. Yeah. Now, all that is to say that as an introduction to the podcast itself, it's better that you know us when you're listening to us talk. And the fact that we did move to London and that we've got a history of moving around a little bit despite being in Australia means that we feel like we've got a good amount of experience to share with you, to tell you a little bit more about the stuff that we're going through as we move to Ireland. And that's the whole point of From My Home to Yours as a podcast, where we're going to be sitting down and discussing a lot of the big topics that are involved with a move. You'll hear and learn more about us as we talk about it. And uh, breaking the fourth wall a little bit as someone who edits podcasts for a living, we all know that not everybody listens to the first episode, but we're hoping that this will be the time that you as a listener either get on board or break that habit for us because this is the one where you're going to learn about us and the reasons that we want to move over there. 
So make sure you hang around. So Matt, why are we making this move? From the beginning of our relationship, you've said a lot of times that it was always a goal to not live overseas full time, but to go back to Ireland at some point and and live there. And I think based on your memory, I wholeheartedly agreed uh, at the time. I brought it up what turned out to be date one when we were actually at that point still just friends taking a walk around treasury gardens in melbourne city i said yeah so i i want to live back in ireland and that was 10 years ago now yeah and i i didn't have as many reasons as i do now to want to move back uh, to move over there and and live and do all the things that we want to do but now there's plenty of reasons to go um but really most of the reasons we're going back is is the pull of the old homestead for you right yeah, I would say that's obviously a big part of it. Um, I left Ireland in 2010, um, really due to the recession. I was a teacher on contract and my contract was not renewed. And I came to Australia for nine months. That was my initial plan. I was going to do three months in Perth, three months in Sydney and three months in Melbourne. As you can probably tell, that's not exactly what happened. I ended up doing my working holiday visa doing my regional work, then getting a second working holiday visa. And then after that, because the teaching situation at home was still a bit precarious, I sought out some sponsored work here. And I did two sponsorship positions for long service leave, uh, which were only three months each, which was how we ended up having to, to move to the UK in order to be together. But I do feel at this point in my life, Every year, the pull to go home is stronger, but also every year, there's a realization that it's kind of now or never, because obviously, the longer you stay in the country, the more established you become in that country. And realistically, we are incredibly well established in Australia. So to an outside observer, it probably doesn't make a huge amount of sense that we are making this move. And that's something that I think all of the listeners should um, consider. It doesn't have to make sense to anybody else but you if you're moving alone or if you're moving with a partner or indeed if you're moving with your family. There will be a lot of people around you who will either privately or publicly question your decision to make the move. But if it's something that's in your heart and if it's something that you have been thinking about, pondering, mulling over, or even if it's something that suddenly comes across you, I don't think anybody ever regrets making the move back even if they do end up going back to the country that they were living in for a while after Ireland. But I think you will always wonder if you don't. And that's the point that I've been reaching is I don't want to wonder what if. Now is the time if it's going to happen. And the reason is because we wanted to do it. (laughs) That's And there doesn't need to be another reason. It's It doesn't have to make financial, emotional, spiritual intellectual, educational sense, as long as it makes sense to you and your heart and your soul, that's the perfect reason to do it. Mm. But it has to make sense for the logistical stuff too. Like we're in, we're in a very fortunate position where we can kind of put things on hold here and leave things in kind of stasis while we experience what living in Ireland's like before we, we make a decision about whether we want to stay or not. But I think that's the first big lesson for anyone who's thinking about the expat stuff, that if you feel the draw to move or to go home, 
then you definitely should. If if it's at all possible, and mm. and I would completely agree with you, Matt. We are in an extremely fortunate position. We have been talking about this and considering this, obviously, like for ten years. But realistically, we've been really putting the focus on it for about three now. And so for three years, we've been sowing the seeds of preparing for this move, either personally, professionally, in terms of how we've set our lives up. There's been a lot of thought has gone into this yeah, in the last couple of years. And that's been what's, I suppose, sown the seeds for this to be as straightforward, please God, as it will be. And in terms of making the move as well, it's been three years in the making because of the pandemic and lockdowns. And we had plans initially to go and then we had to push it back and back and then more things happened and opportunities came across us. And it's just, this is a great time for careers and in terms of how things are laying out, in terms of economies and stuff, it's, it's just a great time for us to, to make the move. We've also, like we've discussed this many times, in conversation with each other about the fact that we're in a very different position 10 years later from making the move to the UK than we were when we moved to the UK. Like when, I, when we moved, I was at a very different point in my teaching career. I didn't have the level of experience that I have now. And obviously you were in a similar boat. You were at a certain point in your career, which has since changed dramatically. We're definitely further grown as people and I think that's another part of this that we'll probably talk about in an upcoming episode. The idea that with enough time in certain careers these days, you can take an opportunity for a reset when you move somewhere else. Whereas you'll be doing some teaching, hopefully, when we get over there. Yeah. Uh, I'll be looking for a new kind of job potentially and start taking some life boxes. I think that's another important point that you're touching on there, Matt, as well, is I know certainly when I came to Australia, I sort of felt that the rules didn't apply in the same way as they do when I lived at home. So I was more willing to take risks, not in the craziest of ways. Although, you know, as a backpacker, you do <laughs> you do some things that maybe you're like, whoa, okay, man. Um, but there is a feeling of embracing opportunities and just giving things a go and why not? And let's try and... And I definitely feel that when you make a move someplace else, you, you do sort of have this impression of life being a bit more of an adventure than maybe it would be if you were in the same place continuously. And I think that's a really good attitude to have because with that attitude and with that idea, you're more open to possibilities. You're less rigid. You may go for a job that you wouldn't ordinarily have gone for. You may try you know, something that you would never have tried before, like without having that kind of attitude, I wouldn't have ended up working in the mines in Western Australia, for example, you know, mm. and um, I was a secondary school teacher. What the hell was I doing working in the mines? But it's one of the best experiences of my life and I will never regret it. So I think sometimes doing that, like I'm, I'm obviously hoping to work as a teacher when I go home and please God that will happen. But also there are other possibilities that could come up and I don't want to let them pass me by just because my career in inverted commas is in teaching. You could be a PhD candidate. Could be a trapeze artist. Be an entrepreneur. I'm keeping things, you know, <laughs> not that you couldn't be a trapeze artist, but you know. You've seen my levels of coordination. And even though you're a beautiful, supportive man, you know that that's very unlikely to happen. And also, I don't believe the circus industry is really as fruitful as it used to be. I was about to say, maybe someone listening can get in touch with us and um, 
tell us how lucrative. Give me a steer. What does a trapeze artist earn in a yearly basis in euros? Is that enough to sort of support a life or would it be more of a side gig? Yeah, I'm not sure if that would be on Glassdoor or any kind of salary aggregator. Publicjobs.ie. Trapeze artist. No, it's not appearing. I think I'd probably have to do a little bit of training to get that trapeze artistry underway as well. Might be something else that I could go for. Possibly making sandwiches or something that I'm decent at already. (laughs) (laughs) A sandwich maker. I could do that. Chilled out yogi. (laughs) Chilled out yogi. I might need to do some work in that area as well. My level of chill is potentially not as high as it could be to be a chilled out yogi. <laughs> so what are some of the things that you're looking forward to with this move, Matt? Um, well, I'm definitely looking forward to a new environment, a new place to try out some new career stuff. I'm looking forward to a country that generally is a reasonably cold temperature most of the year, and I enjoy a good bit of rain. So as unusual as that might sound, I'm really looking forward to Getting a few days inside and just curling up with a with a mug of tea, which is something that we'll be doing on this podcast, by the way. We're going to try and get a tea going with us as we record so that um, it sounds warm and hearty. And We each have a tea at the moment that we're very much enjoying, but we're trying to do so quietly because misophonia is a real thing. So if you don't enjoy sounds of slurping and chomping and clicking, etc., we won't put you through those, we promise. Nope. The podcast editing will be immaculate with this. Absolutely, because Matthew is editing it, so it will be immaculate. Yeah, blissery.fm. Blissery.fm. Here we are. <laughs> um, I think some of the things that I'm looking forward to is I really want to see what it's like to live in my home country at this stage in my life. Mm. The last time I lived full time in Ireland, I was in my 20s, and I have never lived in Ireland as a married woman. I okay. Yeah. I have never lived in Ireland, you know, at at this age, obviously, because I'm older than I was when I left Ireland. Uh, And I've never worked as a teacher in Ireland with this level of experience behind me. But yeah, that's one thing that I'm really excited about. But obviously, being in my home country, around my family, around friends that we've had for a very long time, that's going to be amazing. And I'm sure it's going to prove challenging. There's certainly going to be challenges on both sides. And that's something, obviously, that I'm sure a lot of people who are making this move back to Ireland, if they are Irish, are thinking of. Mm. It's great to be back where you're from, um, but there can also be elements of it that you find frustrating or irritating or maybe not as progressive as where you've moved from. Uh, There can be, you know, adjustments to be made on both sides in regards to family and friends. You know, a lot of the posts that we look at about people who've moved back saying, you know, family have moved in different directions and there doesn't seem to be a space for me anymore or my friends have all moved on and I just don't know if I fit in. And that's to be expected to a certain extent because we left and they had to keep going. And I think it's really important that, you know, when we left, we built lives where we went to, but they also had to fill in the hole that you left in their lives to a certain extent. And so there's a certain amount of adjustment that needs to be made on both sides there. Mm. But the thing that will be great is that you're not going over alone. You'll have me with you and that we'll have the opportunity to build new friendship groups and meet new people, uh, live in a town potentially where we don't know anybody. So we'll make new friendship groups. And if I'm 
being, if, if I'm thinking about it the right way, I think you'll be surprised how many people come out of the woodwork that would surprise you that are still, still around, mm. which is a great thing. It is. It is. And I've been so lucky with so many friends, you know, ever since I moved that have really worked on keeping in touch and, you know, trying, even though we lived very far apart and time differences and everything else, that it, the friendship has still remained despite the years that have passed in between. Mm. These are all going to be things that you're going to be navigating as well, Matt. Like you're going to be getting used to being away from your family and your friends in your home country. How do you feel about that? Honestly, I feel fine about it. If only because specifically about moving to Ireland, if you've been there before, having lived in Australia, you'll know that driving halfway across the country is sometimes as long as driving to your parents' place and back. So in terms of distance, sometimes it could feel as far halfway across the planet as it would be living in the same town. And there's a culture of virtual conferencing and meeting and Zoom and all that stuff for uh, catching up with people that um, that you need to connect with while we're over there. And I'll definitely be taking advantage of that where I can and probably providing tech support for some people where it's required. Even most. if you're on the other side of the world. That's right. That's That's been my career for the most part up to this point, usually based in technology and the other part being in learning development. So I'll be looking to make connections with people and I'll be helping people make those connections with me <laughs> to some degree. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, to be honest, I'm looking forward yeah. to it. We're setting aside a year to make this attempt at it and see what happens. And I've always thought that uh, as long as money isn't a big barrier or spending 21 to 24 hours on planes to get from one country to the other, then it's simply a matter of finding the time to go back to where you're from, mm. which we've been incredibly good at. There's probably the maximum time we've been away from Ireland at any point is probably two years. Yep. Pandemic time. Yep. Yep. That's how long it was. And that was how long it was for everybody. So, you know, I do feel like we were in a very lucky position that pretty much as soon as we were able to, we, we got back to Ireland mid-year last year and yeah. um, we got to meet my nephew who was a couple of months old at that stage but it was wonderful to be able to do it but like that yeah it has been a point of priority for us to try and get back and connect to the Irish part of our lives as often as possible which I do feel incredibly fortunate about because when you marry somebody from another country it's not a given that they will want to spend every long holiday period getting on a plane and traveling to where you are from because you know, yes, they married you or yes, they connected with you or yes, they're your partner, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they want to make that sacrifice every single time it's possible to do so. At and the same time every year, because when you're a teacher, there are certain school holidays. This is true. <laughs> and I am very fortunate in that way. And I have made some trips home on my own, just short trips. Um, but I, I do feel incredibly lucky that you have always been not just willing, but like quite excited to, to go to Ireland. I mean, I do yeah. know, obviously you're excited to see my family, but Irish bacon and sausages and pints of Guinness has played a small part in that as well. Potato chips. Oh, uh, bacon fries. Yeah. Oh, so good. There's a lot of culinary reasons to, so to go to, to Ireland. The, so many. Uh, petrol station, bacon and egg. Yeah. Breakfast roll. Butter roll. Yep. Yeah. So good. So good. 
And also the minute we talk about going home, we're like, okay, we're going to eat in this place first. And then the next day we're going to go to that place to eat. And then the following day we're going to eat in that place. So it really is a culinary tour of Ireland. Not that we're necessarily, we're not going for Michelin star restaurants or anything, but it's just because we have so many places that we do love to go to and to um, enjoy the delicacies that they offer whenever we get back to my home, which will hopefully eventually become your home and our home. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, if you think about it, Matt, that's this is the reason why we've called the podcast From My Home to Yours is that Matt's home, which is Australia, has become my home. And I am very, very proud to be an Australian citizen. I mm-hmm. am definitely an Irish person who is also an Australian citizen. I would consider myself Irish first and foremost, not because Australia is not amazing, but because I am very proud to be Irish and I consider my soul to be Irish, if you like. But Matt has the opportunity, just as I have, to have a second home that hopefully he may find that Ireland becomes a second home to him and becomes our second home. Australia is our second home. Yeah, it's more than likely to happen. I I don't see why it wouldn't happen. Well, we have to be open to the possibility and that's why we're giving this a year. It's We're considering it our Irish adventure. We're giving it a go for a year. We are very aware of the fact that a year is probably not enough time to know if it is um, feasible or not. However, without putting too much pressure on ourselves, we're going for a year. We're pressing pause essentially on our lives in Australia. We're taking leave from our jobs. We're putting our house up for rent. We're putting as many worldly goods as we wish to keep into storage. And we're just going to do something that we have been talking about for a very long time, but without the pressure of this must be forever and it must work. Because that's also, you know, a lot to put on somebody else as well. Like I turn around to you and I say, Matt, you must love it. As much as you love me, you must love the country that I come from. And that's that's not necessarily going to be the case. No, even though that being a hypothetical, I have been a big proponent of driving you to having us make this move and it be as less stressful and as easy as possible. <laughs> so, you know, that's it, very true. we're open to it, but I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited as well. And I think, you know, it's not everybody that's in the position that we're in. I know that there are people out there who are considering making this move from wherever you're making it in the world back to Ireland. You might be the Irish partner and they might be the non-Irish partner or they might be the non-Irish partner listening to this and um, wondering and worrying and considering making this move. And I do know that there I've heard stories of people who are Irish whose partners have said there is no earthly way that I will be moving to Ireland. And that has to be, you know, a specific type of heartbreak because really hard, so hard. And it's so hard because you can understand why Mm. that was something that was a a friend of ours when we lived in England, my workmate, I was in the staff room one day speaking to her about hoping that we would move to Ireland because the initial thoughts was maybe we would do London for a while and then make a move to Ireland. We didn't love London. We mm. loved the people. Um, we loved the connections. And, and making the very few jaunts that we did to to take advantage of visiting other countries while we were there. And we had fun in London City 
any time that we went in, we enjoyed what there was to see and do. But I think from about three months in, the two of us kind of looked at each other and were like, yeah, we're not going to live here long term. No. I found teaching in the UK incredibly challenging. Not the teaching, but the whole Ofsted inspection life. Can't even think about it without shuddering. Um, I think we're going to have a whole episode on teaching because something that I haven't said yet is that I have a teaching degree as well, despite not being a teacher. I think we could have a very good discussion for any Irish or Australian teachers looking to make the move over there and comparing and contrasting the different different setups compared to Australia. Because it's very interesting, the, the kind of differences there are there. It's true. Well, as a teacher who's taught now in four countries, Ireland, America, England, and Australia, there is a lot of difference. But one of the things that that time in England taught us was like, right, well, we're not going to stay here. And then I was kind of thinking, mm, maybe we'll move to Ireland after this. And I remember us having a conversation and you very correctly and rightly said, actually, Bernadine, and I don't, I'm going to ever want to live in Ireland. And I remember going, oh, 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 damn. Okay. All right. I need to get my head around this. And I was having a conversation with my workmate in the UK and she pointed out something that has never left me. And she said, but Bernadine, you went to Australia. You left your home country. But Matt never chose to leave and he has left to come here with you, but he never indicated that it would be more than just this move to London. So you cannot expect that he will move to Ireland because that's what you want to do next. And I was like, damn, that is also true. So it was a good experience, even though it was tough because it made me realize that, okay, just because I want something in this relationship does not mean that both of us want the same thing. Mm. But then nip forward a couple of years and let that year in London wear off a little bit. And then you probably couldn't keep me away as much as we may not have talked about it. And if we're being upfront with each other, it's probably was a better move at the end of the day, because we were fortunate to apply for your uh, partnership visa, which set you on the track for Australian citizenship, which was the big payoff that any backpacker coming to Australia wants the ability to come and go as you please and not have the previous seven, potentially 15 years mm. of casual sponsorship visas mean nothing, potentially. So true. Like Australian citizenship was the goal. It took me 10 years from arriving to get that goal achieved uh, and a hell of a lot of visas and a hell of a lot of paperwork and a hell of a lot of trust in each other that this would work out for the best. And there were a lot of times in my time here that I wasn't quite sure if I was staying or going. And that obviously brings its own stress and its own questions about why am I doing this? What am I doing here? Wouldn't it just be easier to go? Like, why am I putting myself through this? But there was something in that whole time that indicated that there was a, a plan to it all, that there was a reason why this was the path that I was on at that particular stage. And also, like you said, if we hadn't have left London when we did and came back here, I wouldn't have had the opportunities in my career necessarily in the same way had we moved to Ireland. It's very likely would not have happened to the same at the same speed, let's just say, if we had moved back to Ireland. So it was the right move. And same I'm here. Yeah. Same here too, though, because I may have still been doing IT support if we didn't leave London and it wasn't 
necessarily a thing in Ireland at the time. And then coming back, I moved to uh, curriculum design and digital technologies within schools and then got my teaching degree. And after that, moved into government to do technical training that exploded into podcast design, video editing, e-learning module development, consultation, facilitation, a lot of stuff. So I think we've both benefited greatly from having come back here. Mm-hmm. And the earlier point that we made about saying yes to things and just giving things a go, we have been so lucky to end up in the position that we're in. And we're also both so lucky that our workplaces think enough of us to give us a year's leave to be able to go and have this try in Ireland and just to see whether it's a place that we could live long term or whether it's maybe somewhere that we have this wonderful year, this adventure, and then we come back to our lives in Australia. That's the diplomatic way of saying it, but really they want to make sure we come back. That's very true. That Um, is very true. (laughs) If they happen to be listening, I'd say they're saying that to themselves, just quietly. But also, if anybody um, from our workplaces happens to be listening, we do deeply appreciate the trust that you put in the two of us as workers um, to give us this opportunity to take this to take this step into into the unknown. I'm sorry. Into the unknown. Sorry, small musical interlude. I'll see if I can boost that in the in the edit. <laughs> There's also a possibility that there may be some copyright issues if we include that. Uh, yeah. What you gonna do? But I think look, I don't want this episode to go for too long. A theme that's been running through this kind of higgledy piggledy episode, because we had a, a general plan for where this one would go. I think we've just we've covered everything we wanted to because we want you as the listener to know as much about us as possible and the circumstances and and to learn as much as you can, of course. Uh and there is a few good gems in here with more to come in future episodes, but you're probably wondering why this episode has been titled the way it has, Light the f- Candle. And hopefully what you've heard from what we've been explaining about the reason for us making this move and putting this podcast together is that sometimes it's not about saving that good thing for the time where it's the most appropriate or a special occasion or waiting when the planets align in a way that will ensure success. Sometimes you just have to light the f- candle and enjoy yourself. So, in the process of getting ready for this move, myself and Matt have obviously been trimming possessions from our lives and we've been trying to downsize as much as possible. And we're deciding what's worth keeping and putting into storage and then what we can move on, what we can gift to other people or bring to charity shops or potentially sell a few bits and pieces. And one of the things I said to Matt was, do you know what I'm learning through all of this work that we're doing? You just need to light the candle. We had so many of these gorgeous candles in a cupboard that were gifts from students or were gifts from family members or were gifts from whatever situation came. And I had just been saving them for when it was the right time to light the candle. And I was like, yeah, there's never going to be a right time. Thursday night on a random week is the right time. Just light the candle. That's right. And move to Ireland. <laughs> and move to Ireland. Light the <laughs> candle and move to Ireland, people. That's what you need to be doing. Um, our hopes for future episodes of this podcast is that we will speak to some people who are experts in their field about different elements of the move. So things like taxation system in Ireland, hopefully, and maybe how that uh, collates to other countries, Irish car insurance and the whole process of trying to get that underway. 
health insurance as well. Health insurance, um, obviously considering the move with when it's just beyond yourself. So how does your non-Irish partner get set up in the country? The things, the steps that need to be undertaken. We ourselves do not have children. However, it may be possible that we could speak to somebody about the process of getting children set up potentially in childcare or schools, etc. We are going to try and talk as much as possible from our own perspective because it's things that we've had to step through in order to make this move. And hopefully they are things that correlate with your own experiences. Another thing that we need to say is the one of the main um, sources of a lot of our information and one of the key places that a lot of Irish people go to is the Irish Expats Facebook group, um, Irish Expats Returning to Ireland Facebook group, which has been a wonderful resource for us, but also for so many other people. And it's been a great place if you want to pose a question or you want to get advice, or even after you've moved back, if you're pondering or questioning anything, people are really helpful, really supportive, um, really thoughtful, um, very open and willing to share and um, give expertise where possible. And there's always going to be support groups out there, but this one in particular has been of particular note to us because everybody's asking the questions we're asking. Correct. So we want this podcast to be helpful, to be a resource of sorts, but we also want it to be a real-time connection to our move. We are currently weeks out from making the move back to Ireland, to Ireland, back to Ireland for me, to Ireland for you. (laughs) Um, There's obviously a lot that we have to do in the next couple of weeks, but we're slowly but surely chipping away and um, you can make this journey with us in real time as much as possible. Thank you for listening to From My Home to Yours, episode one. I've been Matt. I've been Bernadine. And make yourself a cup of tea. And remember to light the f***ing candle. And then what? (laughs) Slauncha. Or should we do...